Hello, this is J.R. Bell with I Can Hear Six Podcast. In this podcast episode, we're going to be dealing with some things that I was talking about and things that I was questioning when I was doing some research. I noticed some things that I was looking up um, online. I was looking at some stuff and I noticed some stuff about government and, and how I started doing some things. Um, let, me, let me make something clear. I was looking online and I was looking at some stuff the government was doing. A few things the government was doing and and I noticed when I started researching some stuff, I was looking at some websites that the government doesn't want you to look at. Like um, under some things. And as I found them, I end up noticing um, a pattern. I started noticing some lag time, and then I noticed a few things that were going. And I was looking at some websites that, you know, the federal government started you know, monitoring and they start saying, don't go here. I checked out some WikiLeaks and a few other conspiracy websites that they say, you know, and I started going those sites and stuff just to look around. And I also started going on the dark net, um, um, Chauvelet, um, I started hitting the dark net and then I started looking up like the tour, the onion router looking up some government web, see what they have listed under the site. And as I looked, and I looked under the site, and I saw a few things, and I saw some stuff, and I noticed how, and and I noticed that the sites that I was looking at were some stuff that government really didn't want you to look at I looked at one site where it was talking about it was talking about you know you know you know about you know how how the government was using these sites and stuff they were conspiracy you know, and it talked about how the federal government and the way they control the minds and technology and stuff. And I noticed some things, you know, and how the U.S. government was using the stuff. So now, now the things that I'm talking about right now will get me in a lot of trouble. So if you're listening to this right here, just be on the leery that just gotta watch your back literally watch your back let me explain let me explain the reasons why um a couple of episodes um you know and he just said that you need you know 
you know. You know, and, you know, and the government just, and it showed how the U.S. government was trying to do some eradication. You know, you know, you know, and how the government was using mind-altering control and everything. And how the government was doing this this beta test. Did you know back in the early 1900s, the government used human bodies as their as their beta test. They were walking around using bubonic plague and typhoid and like um, malaria on human beings here in America. Because um, among African among people of color. One of the biggest tests they used was the syphilis. Was the syphilis test? They did that um, with the tuberculosis test. And I think it was tuberculosis or syphilis. And it's one of those two. It's got to be tuberculosis. I think it's tuberculosis. They were. They had could be syphilis. Yeah, I think it was syphilis. Could be gonorrhea. You know, so I said it's one of my theories. They were doing it at the Tuskegee Institute. They were doing this test, and they did this big, huge beta test. Where the government was injecting people with all this stuff, and they were giving people money, feeding them food, giving them food and money. And I remember, I remember, I read an article about during the, up in the Appalachian Mountains, you know, up and up in the up along the mountains, you know, you know, I, you know, how they were doing. They were doing some what do you call it radiation tests, where they were injecting people with radiation, pollution. They were gamma rays testing people on high doses of radiation. A lot of people were. A lot of people were what do you call it subjected to this high dose of radiation. They were giving them food and stuff. They were giving them money and food because that was during the time of the depression when they were doing those high tests, the radiations and stuff. And and the weird part about it was that these people didn't know that they were being experimented on. They were just told, "Hey, you want some food? You want a little money and stuff?" And the government was like, "We'll we'll give you this." And they were like, "Sure, we'll do that." And they were like, "Yeah, okay, whatever, we'll take it." And that's what the government was doing. They were just doing these people as lab rats, making them lab rats and stuff. And you know that's the thing. Government, you know, you ever heard of the thing about Plum Island? Plum Island is an area also up, up Cape area, in New York. <coughs> Plum Island is a research laboratory area where the federal government were doing some germ, were doing bio germ warfare, and also split cell warfare, where they were taking human DNA and putting it into animals like sheep. Pigs and cattle to create a to create like um, a new liver, a new heart, new kidneys. They were using animals that were close matching towards humans. They were also injecting the DNA and stuff in monkeys because monkeys are the closest to closest primate mammals, the closest primate to humans. And they were injecting them with human DNA, like say 
let's say you have a preconditioning to have heart disease. Your heart is, let's say your liver is about to go bad because you're an alcoholic. You drink all the time. So, because you drink all the time and everything and you are preconditioned to do whatever you do as an alcoholic would do, that's what you do. So, the government, and you're rich because you're successfully wealthy, you have mega amounts of money, what you do is you go talk to these to this person. He says, I can get you a liver. Give me about six months. Okay. So six months, you're on radiation. You're on treatment. You're on the dialysis machine because of the treatment. Six months later, you pay an undisclosed amount of money in a blank check. And that's what they gave you. A new liver. And then your doctor comes in and says, I can do your surgery for you. And you get the surgery done, and there you go. You got a new liver. Now, let me explain something to you. All right, oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. There's two types of me- there's two types of insurance that people have here in the world. There's regular insurance, whatever the doctors give you. Like, I have a HMOs, CPOs, and Medicare, and uh, Medicaid. Medicare and Medicaid, or Medi-Cal, or Mo. But depending on what state, state insurance, medical insurance you have, and then there's what you call rich people's insurance. Now, if you don't know what rich people's insurance is, that's where you walk into your doctor's office and your doctor says, well, you're gonna need, well, you're gonna need this surgery. And, and this surgery right here is going to cost about this much. We've got to see what the insurance says. Well, that's regular people. Doctor comes back, the insurance says, Let's give you this medication and see if that'll work. And if that don't work, then we'll try another invasive method. That's regular insurance. Now, with rich people's insurance, doctor comes back and says, well, you're going to need this surgery. And then this right here will help you. But, you know, you got to see what your insurance says. Oh, okay, doc. Here's a blank check. Fill in the blanks. Oh, surgery scheduled for tomorrow. We'll get you in. That's rich people. When money's not an object, that's when you go and have that done. That's how rich people do. They'll they'll go in and have stuff done, and and it'll be perfect. You know, that's what I mean. You'll just it'll be perfect. The rich people will come in, they'll do, they'll get it done, and the matter surgery or no surgery, they'll have it done, and the surgery's in and out. So that's what I mean. So when you go in, you get surgery done. I mean. Because you're rich. That's how thinking about it is. So that means that regular people like me or you who have just good insurance doesn't work. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work that way, you know? Because, you know. And that's how it is, you know, because we look at things and because we're not that rich, we're not, we're not poor. You know? And that's how, and you know, that's how it is because of what goes on and stuff. 
because we're not rich, we have to take whatever insurance we got or whatever our job offers us because, and they say, well, this is the best, this is the best, the greatest insurance or whatever. It doesn't happen. Because if you have a preconditioned um, medical, it's going to say, you know, and it takes a minute or two. You know, Wow, and it just, it just means, you know, and it just means that we just don't, we're not rich. Now, also, let me tell you something else. Let me tell you a little other thing, just a little off subject, but still just kind of goes into play. Uh, It's all about he who has the gold rules the world. Man with the golden, he who has the gold rules the world. Remember the, you ever heard of the story, the Midas Touch? He who has the gold rules with best truth. That's what it means. You know. That's what it means. He who has the gold rules the world. So if you don't have that success of gold and to have that money, you're gonna you're not ruling the world. Oh, one other thing. And I've always just it dawned on me about this. Um, if you are sick and tired of working for someone else, work for yourself. Yes. Work for yourself. Just work for yourself. Seriously. You need to do that. You know, just keep going. You know, so I told, so I tell you, look, success is about measures of what you do. So, you know, and I'm just telling you, look, you want to be successful, you got to get out there and push. You know, and that's what I mean. You know, and um, I'm just like, if you want to do that, you got to get up. You got to walk out that door and you got to go do it. Go get it. Don't let no one else tell you no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to really want that, um, you know, that you got to push it. I mean... And, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you do decide that you want to run your own business, prepare to work seven days a week from zero dark 30 to zero dark 30 from, from early in the morning when it's still dark to late at night when it's still dark. That's you going to be working. Okay. Running your business. That's you working at you doing your business. And I'm just going to tell you, you're going to be doing that. Pushing everything that you got to run your business. I mean, I mean I'm just telling you right now, that's what you're going to be doing. And there's no breaks. There's no holidays. You're going to be working seven days a week, 365 days a year. You're going to work your business until to the point to where you can stop running your business or you have employees that'll do it for you but until then in the beginning prepare to work like a dog 
I'm just going to tell you that because that's what's going to happen and that's how it is. You know, you know, and that's how things are. You're going to be pushing it every single day, constantly working. You're going to be on days, you're going to be so tired that you don't know what to do. You're going to be like, oh my God, I don't feel like getting up and going to work. You know, some days, now days right now, you're at home and you're like, I don't feel like getting up and going to work. You don't have to go to work. You can call off. When you're the owner of a business, you can't call off. There's no way you can call off. Seriously. There's no way you can call off. There's no way you can just say, oh, I'm not going to go to work today. Sorry. you got to go to work. Mm-hmm. You have to go to work. You have to put your, you have to put in those hours. You got to put in that grind. You got to get on that grind. You got to get on that hustle. And that's you. And that's what it has to do. You got to be hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Yes. You got to make this conscious decision to just do things like that. And that's what I mean. You got to constantly make you do that thing. I mean, that's how it is when it comes to running a business. I mean, it's just, just think about you doing your business. That's what you got to do. You know, and remember, I'm going to tell you like this. Now, you just say, I'm going to run my business. This is my job. I'm running this business. But now, here's the kicker. You running your business. Do you know the federal government can come in and take your business from you? Oh, you forgot to pay your taxes on your business that you own. Uncle Sam comes in and says, where's my money? You're like, what do you mean? Well, you own a business. You're like, yes, I do. And they're going to say, well, we want such percent of that business. And you're like, what? Yes, seriously. That's how the government works. You, um, you do anything like that. Run your business federal government comes in and they will take whatever you have from you. Seriously. I'm just letting you know that they will take it from you. Why? It's because the government feels that we want a percentage of what you make. And rightfully they do deserve that because that's the government. That's their that's their job and you know that's their job and your business is their business, and their business is their business. Because if you ever notice, you ever notice, whenever the government has an issue or problem, nobody, nobody knows. Government's so hush hush about it. But when you have a problem, Everybody knows. The government tells everybody. And that's what I mean. You got to understand things like that, okay? Because I'm just going to tell you, that's how it works in this world, in society, that we push everything together. You got to, you're going to do that. So now, think about that when you think about running your business. Now, if you're smart, like a lot of people are doing this smart thing. They are putting their business down in South America or putting your business in the Cayman Islands 
corporate offices in like um, the Bahamas, the, being in Bahamians or Turks and Caicos, you know, places like that, or you know, or U.S. Virgin Islands or Saint Croix, Saint Kitts. Mm-hmm. That's where they're putting their business at, because now they're not in the U.S., so they don't have to worry about paying tax that much tax. They're being a tax-free country. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's how it works. You are stuck in this never-ending business adventure where the government will do, I'm telling you right now, the government will try anything and everything to get money from you. Seriously. They will try anything and everything to get money from you. If they can squeeze a they can squeeze a turn up from you, they'll squeeze a turn up from you. Seriously. Trust me. Allow them to squeeze it. I'm just telling you, that's how it works. I, uh, um, oh yeah, I forgot. No one ever knew this. I used to run a business a long time ago. A long, long time ago, I used to run a mail order business where we did um, envelopes and stuff. You know, folding envelopes and stuff. People paid me. I was an independent contractor, so I was, you know, people paid me to to do their envelopes and stuff. It was junk mail back before we had in, in before we had the internet. So I did junk mail. Made pretty good money. I made about five grand a month. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would hire people. I would go to like, at the time I would go to a library. And I would go to the library on the weekend, which was a Saturday. I always did it on Saturday. Sometimes I could, I, Sunday I could try, but I have to find another place. I wanted to make more money, but I mostly did it on Saturday. And what I did was I would rent the, they had a little conference room. I would rent the conference room and I would pay people hundred bucks. I would say, if you can stuff thousand, stuff like 20,000, stuff like 10,000 envelopes, you get a hundred bucks. Plus I would feed you. I mean, it's envelopes, not much. I mean, people had a system, and I would work like, um, I had like a five-hour system, five hours, you know, not too much, I didn't stay too long, did like five hours, sometimes four hours, depending on how fast we would get done, and people would come in, I would hire people, I ran ads in a local, in a local free paper, like the pitch week, like the pitch, the thrifty nickel, America's classifieds and stuff, and I would run those ads, and... And I would drop everything down there and everything. And I would just tell people, hey, um, I would tell them, say, hey, what's up, what's up, plate, plate, plate. And I would tell them the ad and I would say, hey, I, I, I mean, if you come in, um, you got to be here at such and such time. Bring, bring, the, bring the newspaper, bring this flyer with this code. And I was doing it like that. And I would say, come in, fill out paper because I needed to have record of how many people I had so I kept I had like a good about 10 20 people 
that 10, 10 to 20 people guaranteed me five grand. Five grand a month. That guaranteed me 5000 a month. You know, because mine is my, my expenses, like the renting of the, renting of the building, renting of the room, um, the food, paying them petty cash and stuff. Because I had to, because I had to, I would always have to offset everything, plus my expenses and stuff. Because I always, at that time, I didn't drive. I, I took a cab. I was, I was being, I was being balling, bougie balling. Thought I had more than anything, and I didn't. And I should have learned a lesson, but I didn't. But then one day I was, I had just got through paying everybody. I had just got through paying everybody. It was a Saturday. I just paid everybody their money, you know, because everybody got done stuff, you know, something envelopes and stuff. I did everything what what I was doing. I lost, you know, I was packing everything up. When all of a sudden a guy walks in with a warrant, he had a piece of paper in his hand with a warrant, and he says he's the federal government, U.S. Postal Inspector. The other guy said he's with the FBI asking me, what is your, what, asking me, are you such and such bell? And I said, well, yes, I am. And he says, well, such and such is such and such, you know, such and such person. I said, well, yes, I do. He's my business partner. You know, and he says, well, we got a warrant for your arrest and we got you warrant for you for questioning about him doing some shady practice. practice. They took everything that I had. They seized all my stuff froze my bank account or oh, I had stacks of money in my bank because at that time I was all thinking about stacking money I was young I was thinking about stacking money building building my pocket building my wallet building my bank to make it look good and that's what I did trying to stack my money up because I was looking I was looking down the road you know I was going to do some I was going to buy me a car you know buy me some bling bling and jewelry living a good life and it didn't work. They seized my bank account. They seized all my money. They took everything from me. The only thing they didn't do was I didn't have to go to jail. But other than that, that's all I did. That's all that happened. You know, I didn't like that, but that's what happened. So, but other than that, that was it. Well, I gotta go. And I gotta go take care of some business and stuff. Well, you know, we'll talk next time. All right. This is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast, and we'll talk later, okay? All right, Godspeed.